Hello, everybody. Welcome to this convention prep episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Bob. How you doing? I could be doing worse. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that that's the case. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just tired. Are you? Yeah. Oh wow! It's don't you know, <sighs> stop it right now. Oh my god! It's not. It's not even that. Look, we are fucking ahead of. Look at this. Look, you see what time it is? We're ahead of schedule. Yeah, nap time. <laughs> I'm a little tight too, but that's fine. All right. Well, uh, today we're watching Victor Crowley. You guys know that. This yeah. is like the third one in the past out of four, but like yeah, yeah. Well, we watched the first one a while ago for Mardi Gras. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's just get into it. It's a 2017 film. Description: He's back. And ready to kill. Hell yeah, he is. This one's from 2017. That's mm-hmm. actually, like, it's pretty close. It's the closest we've come. Yeah, that's how time works, Bob. Well, it's more <laughs> of, like, I, I kind of These expected... These subsequent movies are getting closer to the present. The last one was 2013. Mm-hmm. I was expecting something around, like, something like right after that, I guess. is. Yeah, w- but three or four years is about right after that. That's been the spread out on most of these. Has it? I don't know. 2006 to 2000. 10. 10, that's four years. 2010 to 2013, that's three years. Yeah, I guess. I guess I just wasn't expecting... I guess I just hadn't thought about how close we were getting to the modern era. It's not that close. Okay, it's closer than I thought. Because it's 2023, Bob. It's been six years. <sighs> Stop making me feel old. That's a longer period of time. I guess what I was expe- I wasn't expecting this movie to have been out when I was in high school. Because I could have seen this movie. You know what I mean? Not that I would have, but I could have. wouldn't have. Also, I like I meant like logistically. I think it was only in select theaters for like a super super small amount of time. Okay. So like you. But there was a chance it, it could have happened. No, because you you're also a baby. baby Some of my like I've told you that I've seen the Friday Thirteenth remake, Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Bride of Chucky. Mm-hmm. One of my friends willingly. No. Exactly. <laughs> Not willingly, but one of my friends, other friends, is into horror, and he would I would go to his house, and he would just put shit on, and we'd watch it, and I would be like, I'm fucking terrified of this. So there was a chance that it could have happened in my high school years. Yeah, but would the chance be, oh, let's watch the fourth movie? Yes, he did that shit all the time. And we watched people. Bride, which is like, uh, that's really far down the Child's Play franchise. Anyways, can I can I continue? Sure. Okay. Uh, it's an hour and 23 minutes long. It's not rated. Oh, fuck yes. They've all been not rated. We yeah, just but we've been the watching version. the R-rated versions. So this has no effect on whether or not we're watching the R-rated version. I but don't I'm know why ha- you're getting excited. I'm hoping that there's only an unrated version. Nah. We can't watch the R version. Screw you. Screw you, hippie. IMDb gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Tomato Meter gave it a 67%. And Audience Score, 59%. Okay. I mean, that's been pretty average for the series, and I've liked every movie we've seen so so far. If I don't, if, There's no way I'm going to not like four. That would be insane. It would be kind of funny. I guess. Anyways, it has a... Uh, Four wins and one nomination. Oh. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. Kind of. All right, notable actors. Uh, Laura Ortiz as Rose. She played Ruby in the Hills Have Eyes remake from 2006. Oh. We have to watch that eventually. Uh, Dave Sheridan as Dylan. He played Doofy in Scary Movie. You've seen Scary Movie. I've seen Scary Movie, but I don't remember who that is. Ah, that guy. Yeah. Crystal Joy Brown as Sabrina. This is definitely not her most famous role, but it's the one I know her as. Uh, Minnie from Deadbeat. She was on one episode. I don't know that. That's that's fine. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a TV show. 
Okay. I don't expect you to know any media, <laughs> let alone small TV shows like that. Yeah. Tiffany Shepis as Casey. She played Peter in Tromeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. Uh, Chase Williamson as Alex. Played Dave in John Dies at the End. Katie Booth as Chloe. Played Darcy in Tell Me How I Die. Kelly Vrooman as Sue. I just think this one's funny. She played Kelly from the Chica show. She was on 50 episodes from 2012 to 2014. Which is very distinctly like a little kid show. Like a, a kid show. Oh, kid show. okay. Like Barney kind of stuff. Okay. Interesting that she uh, went from that to a horror movie. Well, she went from, yeah, that to this. Jonah Ray as Dell played Jonah Heston from Mystery Science Theater 3000. That was on 29 episodes from 2017 to 2022. It's the reboot. Mm-hmm. Remake. And then Tyler Maine as Bernard. We've seen him before on this podcast. What was that name familiar? Michael Myers in Halloween 2, 2009. Nice. Oh, that guy, that's a big guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. That's cool. All right. Uh, writer and director is Adam Green. Oh, he's back. Yep. Also wrote and directed Coffee and Donuts, another one of his films. Uh, budget's estimated at 400000 and country of origin is United States. As for uh, alternate titles, it's also known as, like, Hatchet 4. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, and the tagline is, return to his swamp. <laughs> cool. I can't believe he's still around. Cool. All right. Uh, I got two facts before we start. Uh, first one is that, from what I could find, production spanned... Like, only 11 days. God bless. pretty quick. And apparently, a whole day of that shooting was lost when the set collapsed. The set collapsed? Yeah. That sucks, man. So that's interesting. But not the coolest fact I have. The coolest fact I have is how this uh, movie was, like, shown for the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. So, basically, this film came out for the 10th anniversary of Hatchet. Like, that, that was the premiere for it, right? That's cool. And they did the premiere at the Fright Night Film Festival in 2017. But when they announced it, they didn't ana- announce it as Hatchet 4. What they said was going to happen is they were going to have a special 10th anniversary screening of Hatchet with never-before-seen footage. Oh, that my just God. hadn't been released. And so when the day rolled around, they were like, hey, surprise, guys. This isn't Hatchet. This is Hatchet 4. This secret sequel that we didn't tell anyone about, and you're going to watch it. That's actually really fucking rad. It's really rad. So I can't imagine showing. Oh man, that would have been so cool. Being a that's so cool. A fan of Hatchet and showing up, and it's like, not only did you not know there was going to be a fourth one, uh, but here it is today for the first time and, ever. Yeah, and you get to see it. That's incredible. All right, that's all I got. So uh, let's get to it. Hi everybody, welcome back. We just finished watching Victor Crowley. Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> Crowley. <laughs> it, it felt weird coming out of my mouth. Oh my god. Okay. Um <laughs> Guess that's guess that's gonna be the intro to this uh, section. Alright, so it, I'm just gonna give us the description. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say Fun film. And I'd recommend, if you've seen the other three, go watch this one before you even hear anything about it. Yeah. Because I would say it's spoilery for, like, the whole series. Yeah, even the description's pretty spoilery. Yeah. Uh, but you've been warned, so I'm going to do it right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So, first immediate, like, spoiler right off the bat is that this film, unlike two and three, does not start off right where the last film ended. Mm-hmm. 
In fact, this film starts off with a cold open that is set in what, 1964. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big deal. A, because it disrupts the format. Yeah. But also because this is the first, like, flashback kind of thing we've seen. Yeah. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. It's also very funny. Oh, it's very funny. It marks, like, a very different tone in this film Mm because it's just very goofy and over the top in a way that the other films weren't. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I think it's also important to note because, like, we know Victor Crowley as a ghost didn't appear until after his father's death, Mm -hmm. which means his dad was definitely dead by 1964. Yeah. Which puts everything back farther than I thought. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty far back, especially because we learned in, what, the second one that Victor Crowley's, like, mixed. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, um... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Makes those kids feel well. Never mind. <laughs> well, no, it's. I'll stop myself. Well, a it makes the fact that he's much older than we thought. Yeah, that's true. More shocking from like a cultural perspective. Mm-hmm. But also, like Jesus Christ, how old was Mary Beth Dustin's father? He must have been ancient, because he died in two thousand seven. Yeah, and in the flashbacks, he looked like what fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, he probably would have been... Well, no, because he was still... I would say he might have been, like, 14. Because they were old enough to do Halloween shenanigans, but not too old to, like... To realize firecrackers would burn burn down a house. house. Yeah. Okay. But still, okay, we'll say 14, right? Yeah. Because they looked like teen teens, Mm -hmm. you know? But 14, old. Yeah. Because the dad we know lived on for a couple years. Yeah. And assumedly for a while after his kid died. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a guess. I'd say at least probably like five, ten years. It was a while. I don't remember exactly how long. So Victor Crowley would have at least had to die. I don't think they ever tell us how long. We don't. But I'd guess Victor Crowley at least would have had to die in, what, 1954? Oh, you mean Thomas? No, Victor. Because if 1964... Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. ...could be like his mm-hmm. earliest appearance we've seen. Jesus, her dad must have been old. Yeah. Anyways... I just thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives us a time reference for everything that happened that we never had before. We've never been given dates. Yeah. It was always just, like, loose. In the past. Mm-hmm. And there's been jokes about how loose it was, because someone was like, that must have been a billion years old. Yeah. Like, 300-something years old. And it was like, it does seem like it sometimes. But also, <laughs> we've seen characters that were alive during that time period. Yeah. And they look at varying ages. Mm-hmm. Like, Reverend Zombie is, like, he looks 50. Yeah, maybe. Early 50s, maybe. In, what, two and one. Yeah. But then there's, like... A YouTube video. But then there's, like... That's what I'm thinking Well, I was going to say, then there's um Robert England, so... Yeah. Thumbs his dad, mm-hmm. who we know is the same age, but looks Old. so much older. All right, that's all aside. So... There's this cold open. We get to see some people die. It's really cool, really yeah. rad, but it sets a tonal difference. Mm-hmm. And then we do the interesting with this film where it's 10 years later. Yeah. So f- the first three films, I said this on the end of Hatchet 3, but the first three films are really like a trilogy. If you're going to watch any films in the series, watch the first three together back to back because they really are like one mega film. Mm-hmm. But because they take like place right after the last film, in the series, like it's one, two, three, back to back to back. They're all set like it within the same 48 hours. Yeah. All in like 2007. And so this one's 10 years later, so it's 2017, which just happens to be when this film's filmed, which is really cool uh, that we're now finally caught up. That we're time. finally not in 2007 anymore. I'm sure that's also really nice from a writing perspective. Yeah. Because they're not like trapped in the same year time wise, mm-hmm. both from like 
oh, we have to do background stuff, but also, like, we have the same cast of characters. Yeah. That are the same ages. Like, uh, we, we've talked about Adam Green has a cameo in the first three films where he's all the same drunk guy. Yep. In this one, he's a pilot. Yeah. Assumedly the same pilot as the drunk guy, right? Just ten years later? <laughs> Maybe he... <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I'd assume, right? Because he's been the same guy in the whole series. Yeah, that's a really f- that's a good character arc for that guy. Now he's dead. Well, now he's definitely <laughs> we dead. We watched his whole life from drunk frat guy to dead. <laughs> to dead. All right. It's 10 years later, and we are now following Andrew Young, who is Andrew from the third film, who was also, what, Justin in the second one yep. and Sean in the first one? All the same guy. All the same guy. It's, uh, what is his name, Perry Shen? Yep. I believe. I'm a fan of this man. He's very funny. I really like that we're focusing now on him because, first of all, it's the best joke in the first three films. Yeah. Is that he returns over and over again. Uh, we made jokes about it in the last uh, episode that it's the belt sander, but it's actually him. Oh, him and the belt sander. And the belt sander. Surprise, guys. It comes back again. It comes back. It's, it's awesome. It's great. But Perry Shen does a great job, and I think it was kind of cool to focus on him this time because, like, at least for me... He kind of feels like the main character of this series because he's been in all of them. Because he's the only mainstay in all of them besides Victor Crowley. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, Mary Beth Dunstan's been in the first three, and we do get to see references to her in this film. Mm -hmm. But it's been a different actor sometimes. Yeah. And also, like, how much she's been in the film has really varied. Yeah, she wasn't really in three, but she was in a lot of two. And she wasn't really in one all that much either. Yeah. But it was mostly uh, Ben. Perry Shen's been in all of them for Mm -hmm. about the same amount of screen time. So I think that was a cool, like, directorial switch and also pretty fun to watch. He's also good. Like, he's he's a good actor. He's He's funny. funny. And um, additionally, it's kind of cool because there's a lot more you can do with him as a character in this universe. A, because there's the joke of (laughs) he's played three identical people, but also just the simple fact that, like, as an audience, we are now used to the joke that, like, the actor can come back as any character. Mm -hmm. So it's... I think, more acceptable for that character to die as long as the actor comes back as a different character in another film. Yeah. So there's more you can do with that as a a lead. At least I think so. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are there. Anyways, we're taken back with uh, Andrew 10 years later, and he is just having the worst life. Oh, he's having a horrible time. Like, basically, he was the sole survivor of, like, 40 people dying. Yep. 40-person massacre where he claimed a ghost did it. Yeah. And so, of course, he got tried for, for murder, mm-hmm. uh, especially since <laughs> especially <laughs> since two of the bodies were just covered in his DNA. It's almost like <laughs> he was two of those people. Yeah. Um. But uh, he's kind of become like a very hated figure. Yeah. In this world, like a micro celebrity that everybody hates. Yeah, because basically everyone is convinced, at least the general public, is convinced that he's he killed all these people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know. It either. doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. Because he's a smaller dude. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys of the forty people who died were massive. Oh my god, yeah, dude. And SWAT team. Mm-hmm. They all had guns. And bazookas. <laughs> like what? But yeah, he's just like hated by a lot, a lot of people. And um like he's a micro celebrity now because like I think he makes money like doing interviews and talk shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that talking about his experiences which i think the the film addresses at one point is like that's really shitty but i said this to bob during the movie it's like i don't know if he has any other option yeah unless you wanted to just stay being an emt i don't i don't know if he could anymore yeah i don't 
like with the charges against him, even though he was exonerated or whatever. I don't know if the state would hire him back. Yeah, I have no idea. Especially since he's a pretty well-known figure, especially in like Baton Rouge where he lives mm-hmm. and is very hated. I don't know if like people would be comfortable. Yeah, having them, you know, treat them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, really shitty situation. But he's basically brought onto a talk show to do an interview. And, well, they're about the film one, uh, and they're flying over Honey Island Swamp because he's basically been promised a lot of money by his producer to, like, do this interview. Million dollars, very specifically. Yeah, that's how much he says he'll make if Because he, he's just it. like, I'm too stupid to say no to <laughs> million a bucks. million dollars. At first he goes, 600000 he walks away, he's like, absolutely not. Exactly. And then he's like, a million, he went, okay. Fair enough, because in this universe, again, part of the reason that no one believes him and thinks he's, like, an actual killer, is because Honey Island Swamp, after the 40 People Massacre, became a tourist attraction, mm-hmm. which fucked up. That's fucked up. Realistic, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. And so, like, there's been tours there for 10 years. And nothing bad has happened. Yeah, nonstop, assumedly both at day and at night. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, surprise, guys, the end of the third film, which I hope you've seen at this point, yeah. they actually do kill Victor Crowley. They win. It's super rad. We didn't talk about it on the last episode. We get to see him melt. Great. It's awesome. So he's been dead for like 10 years. And what ends up happening in this film is Andrew, a bunch of other characters in this plane flying over Hunting Island Swamp, and they crash. Mm-hmm. And there's another group in the swamp that starts playing YouTube videos with the voodoo chant that apparently cursed Victor Crowley to begin with. Yep. And one of the 50 videos says the chant correctly. It's very specifically, I believe, the one with uh, Reverend Zombie. Yep. I guess he posted a YouTube video before he died in 2007. Well, that sounds a lot like that does sound Reverend like Zombie. Because that would be baby YouTube, right? Exactly, yeah. When was YouTube? 2006. Okay, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really is right up Reverend Zombie's boat for... <laughs> <laughs> posting How, like, weird voodoo shit on the internet. Theatric he was. Yeah. Anyways, their plane crashes, they land in the swamp, and right around the same time, uh, one of the YouTube videos brings Victor Crowley back. And yep. it's just what you'd expect from that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I will say a lot of it's characters in the plane crash. Yeah. I think both because it's a smart thing to do, it's the safest place to hide, but also because the the budget on this film is not... Yeah, dude, when Insane. you said the budget at the start, I was surprised with how low it was. Yeah, this is the lowest budget, I think, of all of them, right? Yeah, it was only 400000 400, Hatchet 3 was $1.1 million. Yep. Hatchet 2 was the second lowest at 800000 I think the original was like a million something. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the lowest by a lot. And I think they did a good job with the budget. Yeah, I think they did too. They kept it down by keeping a lot of the stuff in the plane. Mm-hmm. Well, they also kept it down by having, because I'm going to be honest, Hatchet 3 is a fucking bloodbath. Yeah. He murks so many motherfuckers in that movie. This one, it's a small cast of characters. You know, you got probably, like, I don't know, le- less than 10 people yeah. in the whole film. And they're like, you're focused on them. So it's a lot less about, the budget didn't have to go to practicals and stuff for Kim killing people. It went to other stuff. It was less spread out. Yeah. And I, I think they made a lot of good choices to make the the budget spread out mm-hmm. the way they did. And so I, I, I do want to say, well, this is, like, the cheapest film. It also looked really, really good. It still looked great, yeah. I didn't have I only had issues with maybe the cold open. But with even how then, the kills looked? Yeah, and even then... Yeah, I will say the kills looked unrealistic in a cartoony way that the mm-hmm. other ones haven't before in yeah. the series. 
but once I started getting into the film, I was like, that really fits the aesthetic. It does. Of it this fits movie. the tone of what's happening because this movie is very funny. I think we got hilarious. A ton of outtakes, and I think most of them are just us laughing because this was out of all the films the most comedic. Yeah, just over the top goofy. And I think that's because we've seen one, two, and three are I don't want to say serious films. But once you one is a goofy film, to be honest, it is. But it's a because it's a B movie slasher. It's semi like it's semi serious in the fact that like this stuff is happening, right? Two, much more grounded, much more serious kind of film about the stuff going on in the swamp. Three's the same way, and to just go ten years later and come in with like this weird goofy comedic tone is fun. It's refreshing, honestly. Yeah, especially because we're coming off the back of like Victor Crowley died. Like, yeah. that that arc is over, so having a new tone coming in feels a lot better because it's like, we're starting again. It's oh, yeah. fresh. I, I think that's a very good point because this the first three films feel like their own little mini arc in the franchise, and this feels like a different segment of it. Yeah. Again, I it's hard for me to discuss, like, longer slasher series with you because you haven't really seen any. Yeah. And you're only in the middle of, like, one, and I... I don't think the Halloween franchise is a good example for slasher franchises because it's a little bit weird. But, like, even with that one, you're seeing there's, like, different arcs mm-hmm. where there's different focuses. And this just feels like the first three are, like, the Mary Beth saga. Mm-hmm. And this one feels like the Andrew Young show. <laughs> Which I'm um, a fan of. And so they're very different tonally. So I think that's yeah. really, uh, really nice. It's refreshing, like you said. Going back to, like, money-saving stuff, we talked about the fact that there's less people Mm -hmm. and the cast and i think that was such a great choice it is because my main issue with uh hatchet three is how many characters there are and how that like i felt affected dialogue and just how much we cared about the characters yeah and this film just doesn't have that issue Mm -hmm. for the most part all the characters were interesting except for a couple characters that were just there to pad the numbers yeah of which i think there's what like four yeah but and even then they were all unique because they were just characters mm-hmm. like caricatures of characters yeah and i thought that was a really good choice now on that note i do want to mention there's two kind of famous people that i didn't uh mention in the uh notable actor section i knew one of them that i saved to the end who was the one you knew bob felissa rose is in this yeah she plays uh kathleen which is uh andrew young's publicist and she's awesome yeah and we've last saw her on convention prep uh, I think that's Terrifier so- 2. Yep. Mrs. Uh, Principe. <laughs> yeah, the principal or whatever. I don't think she's the principal. Her just name <laughs> is just one letter off the from principal. principal. Which is funny. Uh, which is funny. And then there's another guy. Um, I don't know who he is. Uh, he plays Austin. And I was like, Bob, you know this guy. I know his face. I absolutely know his face. I've seen him somewhere else. I just don't know his name. And so the whole time he was on screen, I was like, all right, Bob, who's this guy? He's from a TV show. Uh, he does some comedy stuff. He's like one of four hosts on a TV show. I don't three I, four. I still don't get it. And he does a lot of like humor and uh, jokester stuff in like New York and I think it's New York. I don't know. It's kind of like impractical to film. And I don't Bob, know what you're talking about. Bob's like, I don't know what you're talking I about. I still don't know what you're talking about. You sure you don't have any more guesses? No. So that's Brian Quinn. Okay. Goes by Q. It's on Impractical Jokers. What is that? I. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then I'm not going to explain it to you. What do you mean? No, explain. I don't know what that is. It's a TV show. Okay. What what is it about? I'm not going to explain a TV show to you. No, but like now I have, uh, but I've definitely seen that guy before. Is he in other stuff? No, you've definitely seen that TV show before. Have I? Yes. Okay. That's why I'm not going to explain it to you. I don't know what it is, though. Yes, you do. Okay. It's it's okay, Bob. (laughs) I expect this from you. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> the way you were describing it, it sounded like jackass. Yeah, they, you've definitely seen this show before. Have I? Yeah. Okay. They they like go out in the public and they do impractical jokes because it's called impractical jokers. Okay. <laughs> you suck, Bob. I don't know what you want That's from it. me, man. That's I it. Haven't it just sucks. I don't you know. You definitely what you're have. Because the fact that you recognize his face tells me you've seen it. I've definitely recognized the man. Because you've seen this show, you just don't remember. Okay. All right. Well, fuck you. Moving on. Kind of cool there that they got some, like, more well-known people to Mm -hmm. play uh, roles in this. Yeah. And with Felissa Rose being in it, it's like a horror cameo, too, because she's in other horror stuff, which is kind of a mainstay for the series. Yeah. At least one, you know? Yeah, that was pretty cool. The only other, like, cameo I want to talk about, because Bob didn't pick up on it at all, even though I kept trying to make references to it. One of the main characters of this movie is Laura Ortiz. She plays Rose. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she's like a 24-year-old. She's with the other group that isn't in the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're shooting a Victor Crowley movie. Yeah. Or at least teaser trailer, <laughs> which is also a joke because that's how the original Hatchet got made. Yeah. Is with the And I think they, uh, they call it what... The um oh my god am I sorry I think the original name but they say their name for the movie is going to be is Hatchet Face which I think is the original I, screenplay name for Hatchet I, at least it was like the character that Hatchet is based on yeah that Adam Green created kid. yeah um yeah but yeah Rose is a cameo character oh we've actually seen her before Have she we? was in Hatchet too as who so uh, we get to see her in the cold open oh Jack Cracker is uh. Jack Cracker. Watching this camera mm-hmm. that he found in the middle of the woods after the massacre in the first movie. Well, it was Doug's. And it was Doug, Doug Shapiro. Doug totally Shapiro. Totally his name. Um, <laughs> who uh, ran Bayou Beavers. Yep. And so he has his, like, Bayou Beaver footage on there. Mm-hmm. And during the footage, we get to see Rose. Do you know which one she was? No. I don't remember. She was the 14-year-old oh, kid. Oh, the kid that he was. Oh, my Doug God. Doug Shapiro was being a pedophile. Towards chasing her with a fucking camera, being a creep. Jesus Christ, that makes sense. <laughs> she's like, "Fuck off!" I'm and it's 14. been ten years. It's been ten years. So, so she's, she's like twenty-four. She's twenty-four. Yeah. Nice. I thought that was a fun little cameo. That is a fun cameo. I didn't recognize her. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, again, some of that stuff where we get to keep with the universe. Yeah. Super cool. Aside from that, I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk about, like in particular, besides the fact that it was just like a lot of fun. I don't know. I don't think there's anything else I want to talk about either because, like, we spoiled most of the stuff that is... We haven't spoiled anything, really, because, like, we haven't told you how people died or who died and whatnot. I just... A a big thing for me about this film is it's very tonally different from the other three, but in, like, the best way possible for a late series addition to a slasher. Yeah. Because it's different enough while still maintaining the same feel, I guess? They did a switch up to keep it fresh and it works. Yeah, and it's really good and I really liked it. I enjoyed it a shit ton. I thought and it was all the really characters good. are pretty good. Shout out Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. That man's a himbo. That man is a himbo, but he's <laughs> incredible. He made me laugh so fucking hard. All right. Yeah. I think I think that's a good place to leave it. I guess before we move on to recommendations, Bob had a question for me earlier. Do you remember your question? Oh, yeah. Are they going to make a Hatchet 5? Has Adam Groom talked about this? That's a very interesting question, Bob. I'm glad you came up with that question and I didn't have to prompt you with a visual. Well, I was uh, asking <laughs> at the end of the movie and I forgot that uh, I asked it out loud. <laughs> okay. So, stuff seems mixed. Okay. I, I heard some stuff that was like, this one was going to be the last one. Mm. Just because, like, I think Adam Green has done four of these. and might be getting a little tired. 
But as of like 2020, I think he's done some interviews where he was like, this film did really well, and so there's probably going to be another one. However, that was in 2020. Okay. Which was a while ago. Yeah, And there that's hasn't fair. been anything since then. Maybe Not to mention there was all the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. So the answer is, I don't know. I hope so. I would like to see a five. I haven't heard anything that's like explicitly like no, mm-hmm. but I also haven't heard anything that's explicitly like yes, and it's also been six years, which is the longest it's been between any movie yeah. in the franchise, so that's not a, a good sign, but who knows? I would I, expect if there's a fifth one, we won't hear about it until it's out. Yeah, which is a sad because I would love to see another one. I don't want to, you know, I'm just going to put this out in the universe. I think it's the only series slasher series we finished. Yeah. It's almost like it's been the shortest one. It so has been the shortest hard. one. It might be my favorite one. Well, we finished the one movie slasher series. <laughs> well, yeah, we finished those, but that's one movie. Those don't count. Yeah, I would say for movies, I would say for series with more than two movies, okay? I would say two is, like, not hmm. long enough to be considered a franchise. I'd say a series is, what, four? I would say a series four plus? is four. Yeah, maybe three. Three is just a trilogy that has its own word. Sure. Okay, so four and plus. no one says, what, a quadrilogy? No one says that. Yeah, so. This might be my favorite one that we've gotten, like, I, I just have such a good time. I like Victor Crowley as a killer. I like how just absolutely batshit insane this series gets at times. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. Not necessarily the... The best thing ever, but no. as far as slashers go, it's pretty pretty good. But time. look, I was never pissed off like I'm pissed off when we watched Halloween 5. No, I think across the board we all had a good time. Yeah, like I have one. not been upset yet. <laughs> not always good films, but yeah. good, good times. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to do your recommendation, Bob? Yeah, if you've seen the first three, watch watch this one. It's fucking great. It's different enough to where it doesn't feel redundant because I think if it had come in with the same tone as three, it would not have felt as good. I think it would have been worn out at that point. If, yeah, it would have been worn out. So I'm glad they did a switch up. So if you're looking for something fresh from a slasher late in a series, it's really good for that. If you want something that's funny, this movie's funny, but in the most like grim, dark, ridiculous way possible. There's some fucked up shit that happens in this movie, but it is hilarious. I'm not going to say what, but my God. <laughs> he's, fucking, he's even fucking laughing. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. <laughs> that shit made me laugh so fucking hard. <sighs> if you want, if you're a fan of Perry Shen, that man, he's been in all of them. I'm so glad that he's back. When he appeared on screen, I lost my shit. Okay? <laughs> I don't think you were expecting it. No! He was the, look, I just, I was like, it's over. Like, I was like, okay, four, it's over. We're going in blind. He's back. It was sick. <laughs> If you like Kane Hodder, he does, he's, look, I don't know how old Kane Hodder is at this point in 2017. I don't know how old he is now or how old he was then. Old for doing stunts. Old for doing stunts like this fucking movie, okay? He does an awesome job as Victor Crowley. I love him so much. He's great. If you're a fan of him. 68. God bless. No, he was 62. He was, I mean, still. Dude's almost 70 years old, still doing shit like that. That's awesome. Good for that guy. I think that might have been his last movie, though. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. I can check. But still, like, if you like Kane Hodder, he does a great job as Victor Crowley. It, he's good. I like him a lot. No, he's been doing stuff since then. If you're into slashers in general and you haven't seen one through three, watch one, two, and three, and then watch four. But uh, it's a good one. I highly recommend. I think it's really fun. Good for blood and guts and practical effects. They're not as realistic as they are in the first three films or, like, I would say as intense. But they're, like, over the top in the right way that matches the tone. So they're really fun. In way, in a weird way, they're it's in a way that gore can be fun, I guess. 
Lots of good blood spray. Lots of good like weird shit. I mean, there's one that that one uh, that was fucking hysterical, Ben. You cannot tell me. I think that's it. Those are my recommendations. Okay. You know, there's the classic. If you like the Hatchet franchise, I think this is a a good continuation of it. Uh, it gives you something fresh and new, and that's a lot of fun and really cool to see uh, late in the series because it's not always tonal switches in a franchise like this aren't always good. In fact, they're usually bad. They but normally they, don't work. When they land, it can be really refreshing, and I think this one is. However, I think my big recommendation for this film is if you like a kind of dark comedy slasher film with an emphasis on, like, blood and guts, that's what this is. It's probably the best description I can give. So if that sounds good to you, go watch it. It's a lot of fun. All right, Bob, rate it. Oh, boy. So, you know, we're recording these very close together, so I'm going to go ahead and just give... I give I gave this in a three, but I'm going to give this now, two. I gave Hatchet a three. I gave Hatchet two, three and a half. I gave Hatchet f- three, four. The scale keeps going up, Ben. Take it, give it a 4.5. Four and a half. I like this. Th- I would say this during the movie. This is probably my favorite one because, like, yeah, I like the first one a lot. I like the second one a lot. And I like the third one a lot. But because this is such a small cast of characters, we get such good characterization on all of these individuals, and they're all over-the-top ridiculous characters of a certain type of person, and they're all so fucking funny when they interact with each other and they bounce off each other really well. The kills are good. While I think the gore isn't, like, realistic in the same way, it's over-the-top in the best way possible to fit these absolutely, like, over-the-top characters. It's cartoony, but it works. But it works because of, like... It's Victor Crowley. He's back. He's swinging. You know what I mean? We're late into a slasher series, so it's just like, he's a murderer, and they're getting murdered, and it's awesome. I like the fact that uh, Perry sends back is Andrew Young. I'm glad that they brought that joke around. A lot of jokes that happen early on in the series get brought back in this film, too. Like, stuff that, basically, this is just a great continuation of the universe, and because of the tone that they came in with, swinging with it, I like it a lot. I This is my, yeah, it's my favorite one. It's so fun. All right. I think I'm also going to give it a 4.5. And, you know, there's a couple reasons for that. I mean, straight off the bat, I think it's probably the strongest entry in the franchise. I think, like Bob said, it might be my favorite. Just because, like, look, it's the cheapest, and you can tell. But even though it's cheap, it's probably the most approachable. Mm -hmm. You know, there's none of the weird stylistic things that the first film has that can make it hard to watch. And it doesn't have, like, the whole continuing story thing that 2 and 3 have. Uh, This film's really interesting because you can just, like, start watching it. Yeah. And just watch this one and have a good time because, like, the opener is, like, a classic horror film with, like, a cold open and then a exposition dump for the intro. Uh, But more importantly than that, I just think it's it's strong as its own thing of, like, we got a great cast of characters. Uh, they bounce off each other really well. Goofy, it's funny. Lots of jokes that, like, do reference past stuff but are also established in the movie, so they're still funny. Uh, for instance, Belt Sander's back. <laughs> yeah. Great great time there, but they don't go, oh, it's a Belt Sander. Haha, it's funny because we saw it in three other movies. They go, Perry Shen references the fact that there was a Belt Sander in the last movie. Yeah. Doesn't. Say it by name. He's just like you know. He, I don't know. He has tools. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, you know, like like Dennis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he he just references that like Victor Crowley has tools, and one of the other people is like, yeah, but they'd have to leave like something out here for like ten years. years, and then we get to see the belt sander, and it comes back, and they're like, you were right. <laughs> they left it out here for ten years. And so yeah, I mean, I think just overall, it's very well shot. It's very funny. Actors are giving it their all. There's good dialogue. Good gore, like you want. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't necessarily look as like realistic as the previous films, but I think the cheaper look of it really does fit the tone. Mm-hmm. And then, as I said, most importantly, on top of all that stuff, it's just approachable. Like I could just put this one on and be like, "This is it. Just watch yep. this one. You don't have to watch one through three. Still recommend it, but you know, it works." It's not often you see something that like could stand alone like that, especially so late in the franchise. No, you don't. And I think it's good you can watch it by itself, but having seen the first three adds a lot to the experience. No, those are good legs that raise it up, mm-hmm. but it's stable enough to stand on its own. Yeah. I guess on that note, I should probably give my rating order here, right? I oh, sure, the, yeah. I gave the first one like 1.5. Yeah. Which I said it would be a four for enjoyment, but for just movie quality, it, it wasn't good. It's a bad movie. Uh, second one, I gave a four. Yeah. And then the third one I gave, what, three? Uh, Three and a half? I don't remember. I don't remember either. We recorded that, like, not that long ago. No. <laughs> we both have goldfish brain, man. Might have been a four, maybe? We record so many know. of these, dude. Either way, uh, for order of enjoyment, for me, it goes uh, four, one, two, three. Yeah, that's solid. All yeah. right. All right, we're going to go to the outtakes. Have fun with those. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Victor Crowley so far. I really love this film. It's definitely my favorite in the series. It's just so fucking funny. Now, if you do not want any spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to 45 minutes and 47 seconds immediately. This first clip is Ben and I reacting to the absolutely ridiculous cold open of this film. (laughs) What the fuck? What is happening? (laughs) She's fucking got snot all over her fucking face. Oh my... Ew. This next clip is our reaction to the introduction of this movie's main character. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. (laughs) They can't keep doing this. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, he's the same character this time. Well, he survived. Yeah. First time. Oh, my Lord. This next clip is us laughing about the fact that two of the victims of the Honey Island Swamp Massacre had matching DNA to Andrew Young. (laughs) They're the two victims that were him. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. I assumed it was the two victims that died next to him. No, it's or the Randy. two that were him. Yeah. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to a really, really racist lady. That was... That was racist. <laughs> that was definitely racist. <laughs> you can't get someone's race wrong and then ask, are you sure, when they correct you. <laughs> oh, This next clip is Ben refusing to tell me who Brian Quinn is in this movie. Oh my god. This bitch bitch is back. Who is that guy? (laughs) That guy looks so familiar. No, Ben, tell me who that is. No. Why not? We're going to wait until you figure it out yourself. Ben, I'm telling you, I don't know his name. But I know his face. He's from TV. This next clip is Ben giving me more hints, and me still not getting it. 
I'm trying so hard. Bob, I gave you so many hints. Also, that dude in the cold open was the dude from Mr. Science Theory 2000. Okay. No way it wasn't, because I haven't seen him Probably again was. yet. He lost a lot of weight then. Well, he normally also has a beard. Wow, Staten Island. That's where they do that TV show in New York. They do that in New York? Yeah. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to Dylan getting Victor Crowley's name wrong and Ben continuing to give me more hints. Vincent Crosby! Can we call the episode Vincent Crosby? Maybe. That's a hilarious fucking name. Just four dudes <sighs> in New York. Four dudes. Joking around. This next clip is our reaction to the ridiculous way that Victor Crowley gets brought back. This is so fucking... That's a stupid setup. <laughs> that's so stupid. But it's so realistic. It's hilarious. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to who survived the plane crash. I wonder if uh, the guy that's through the back door is okay. <laughs> she fucking slept through the whole thing <laughs> and survived. That's awesome. Nice. Oh, the pilots are dead. Probably the nicest way you can die in this film. Oh, oh yeah. This next clip is our reaction to seeing everyone's favorite character in this entire franchise. <laughs> oh God, a belt sander! The best cameo. <laughs> Oh my hey, god. <laughs> Where's the eight foot long chainsaw? I think the belt sander's like the funniest joke. It's so good. In part because it's it's the classic joke that every serial killer has. Like their weapon. Yeah. This next clip is our reaction to the return of Victor Crowley. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, the ball-peen hammer. That's not a ball-peen. Oh, no, it's not. You're right. Oh! Oh, my God! Holy shit! (laughs) He's had some time to rest in in his time away. He's fucking brutal, bro. He looks bigger in this one. He looks huge in this. Oh, he's still got... Oh, oh! he's still alive. Yeah. There he oh, is. he popped his fucking head off like a nail. You know, I think the cold open kill. Why didn't you run? The cold open kills lacked a little bit of um brutality. Well, they just weren't as good as some of the other, but that was good. This next clip is our reaction to probably my favorite kill in this entire film. There she goes. (laughs) Off into the swamp to die. Oh, there he is. Oh my god. That was fucking, that's awesome. Oh. Got scalped. Is that the top of his skull too? Oh. Yep. Oh, his brain just fucking fell out. That was cool. This next clip is our reaction to one of the most ridiculous kills in this entire film. She got to go 911. Oh, there goes her arm. <laughs> oh, that has to hurt. 
Oh, I came out her mouth. Oh. <laughs> the, I'm afraid you're breaking up. It was really good. This next clip is our reaction to Victor Crowley finally using his signature weapon. Oh my god. <laughs> a belt sander? It's back. Oh, this is really going to set off flashbacks for Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> this next clip is our reaction to watching them try to kill Victor Crowley, but failing miserably. You know, unrealistic, because I am fully aware of how much suck yep. those engines have. I guess it's going at a very low amount, but still. Oh! <laughs> she just punched him in the face. I don't think it's ever happened to Victor Crowley. He's never been actually punched like that. This next clip is our reaction to Dylan being a hero. You know what? That was very brave. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was very brave, but it's not working out for you. Well, no, he's trying. He is trying. You might actually get sucked in. The suction isn't enough. No, come on. Oh! oh. You barely knew him. No, but he was a brave idiot. He was a brave idiot. This next clip is our reaction to this movie's post-credit scene. No fucking way. Oh my fucking god. Okay. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. I know there were quite a few, and a lot of it was just us laughing. For real, for real. That was a funny movie. Do we have any announcements, Benjamin? Uh, yeah, we just have the announcement for what we're watching next week for convention prep. Yeah. Sleepaway Camp. Oh, shit. I forgot we were watching that. Yeah. It's been so long since we've made this list that I've forgotten a lot of the stuff on the list. Technically, we don't have to watch it. That's true. We've seen... Felissa Rose and a lot of other stuff. Surprise, yeah. Yeah. She's going to be at the convention. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so we're watching that. So look forward to that next Saturday. I'm excited. So only in a couple days mm -hmm. uh, from now. Uh, on that note, obviously, same Friday episodes as usual. So no. check those out. Those are much better than these. I don't know if they're much better. No, I would not say they're much better. Some of the movie qualities on the board lately. No, but structurally, they're much better. I don't know about that either. <laughs> Shut it's up. It's the same structure. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. We're also on YouTube, uh, which is a great place to show us some support. You can like like and subscribe and hit that bell button if you want to be notified whenever we drop a new video. You can also check us out on uh, Twitter. That's a great place to communicate with us. Uh, same thing as the YouTube comment section. Uh, maybe tell us a good, you know, belt sander brand. I want to know what, like, gas-powered belt sander not only can hold gasoline for 10 years, but still works when it's been sitting in the yeah, swamp man. that long. After ripping how many people's faces off mm -hmm. and belt sanding through a whole boat? Yeah. That thing's intense. Like, you can use that thing to fix, like, a plane, like, video game style. Just belt sand the wires and Apparently. it works. Uh, not to mention, like, I want to know where you can get that wire attachment that just plugs into the swamp. 
swamp powered belt sander. Pretty great. <laughs> oh man, I love that belt sander. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show, anything you want to know about the show goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's episode, which is basically a movie cover that's hidden, and you can reveal it to see what it is so that you can watch the movie before we do. So whenever we're talking about the movie on the episode, we give spoilers, or if we're being really big stuff, you know what we're talking about, and you don't get anything ruined. Then, on Fridays, or whatever day an episode goes up, I post a link to the episode, which basically means if you miss an upload or wonder when something went up, it's all on our Twitter. Last thing, check us out on TikTok, at Beware the Board, and also YouTube Shorts. Basically, we're doing short-form content now. I'm cutting old clips from old episodes. I'm cutting new clips from old episodes. I'm basically going through and taking our show and condensing it down into short little bite-sized pieces for you to enjoy. So, uh, yeah, check us out on TikTok, at Beware the Board, and on YouTube Shorts. That's it. All right. See you later, guys. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time.